This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For a look back on today's match, this is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Today's game is brought to you by Equifax. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. The Home Depot, with more ways to help you take on your home projects delivered right to your door. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Dunkin' Donuts, conquer the season with Dunkin's new Atlanta United Donuts. Piedmont Healthcare and Ford. The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. you got a result on the road against a good team, you're going to take that. Even if it is a scoreless draw, you're going to take that. And Atlanta United, as Jason told you at the end of the game broadcast, three competitions down. They have yet to concede a goal. Um, this was a very intense match. It had a vibe to it, as most of them do, between Atlanta United and Orlando City. And statistically, it ended up a very even match. And we're going to get into those statistics in just a moment. But you are, de- as you said, Jason, you're definitely starting to see the building blocks being put together for Atlanta United. I don't think any of us realistically expected it to be perfect right away with all not. with all the things that they've gone through over the last five, six months. Um, but this was a good start. This was a good building block today against an Orlando team that did have Nani, that did have Pato, and an Orlando team that, you know, we might not like to admit this in Atlanta, an Orlando team that's probably going to be right there in November in the Eastern Conference. They 100% will be there, but you're seeing the pieces come together. It's not even so much what Atlanta United's been through for me as to why you can't expect it to be as good as it's going to be now. If it is as good as it's going to be now, it's not going to be very good. It's going to be very basic and simple. And Atlanta United is trying to accomplish more than that. Gabriel Heinze has a way that he wants to see the game played. And his team is starting to do it not consistently, not in every facet of play, not in every field. But you're starting to see elements of it. That takes time. 
it is like learning a new language. It, it is reprogramming to a degree. We're seeing some players take to it a little bit faster than others. We've seen in preseason some players have some absences, have been a little bit behind the rest of the group. You're getting everybody caught up now. Our man of the mat, well, hold on. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's go down to Orlando. I believe Heinze now has made it to the podium, so let's hear his post-game remarks. But Atlanta really never lost control of the game, and at the end, they continue to sum up. analysis, por favor. Just about his analysis of the game. Well, the control of the game at the first time was absolutely our En el segundo tiempo sí que hemos compartido un poco el balón. I think the, in the first half we we have uh, we had the control of the of the game. In the second half we we shared this uh, possession and control of the game. Pudimos haber eh, marcado y también ser re recibido, ¿no? We, we could score during the game, but also we 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 had some chances to score too. Next question will go to Joe. Go ahead. Hi, good afternoon, Gabriel. Um, it, are you happy with the amount of chance creation that the team had today, or is there still something you want to see that would that would help spark more uh, creativity in the attack? Estás contento con el número de ocasiones que creó el equipo, o si hay algo más que te gustaría ver de creatividad? La creatividad es infinita. In creativity is infinite. Y lo que tenemos que seguir es trabajando para tener más situaciones y, y, y trabajar para marcar. Need to keep working to, to create uh, have more chances to score and to finally score the goals. Si tienes más eh, más situaciones tienes más margen de marcar. If we are able to create more situations, we will have more chances to score. Next question will go to Doug. Go ahead. Uh, yes, is it just a matter of the guys getting to play together more and getting more minutes for the team to be able to create more of those chances and get more opportunities to score? Is it just a matter of playing more together at this point? Si crees que es solo una cuestión de jugar más minutos juntos para crear esas ocasiones. No, lo que tenemos que hacer es entrenar más, lo que tenemos que hacer es jugar más partidos, lo que tenemos que hacer es equivocarnos más. I think what we need to do is to, to train more. We need to play more games and we need to keep having mistakes to prove. No es solamente un, eh, una sola cosa. It's not only one thing. Estamos jugando, estamos hablando de un, de, de un deporte que es colectivo. We're talking about a, a, a sport that is a collective sport. Que juegan seres humanos. With uh, human beings. Contra otras, otro equipo que también quieren jugar y quieren ganarte. Yeah, against another team that also want to, to beat you. Next question will go back to Felipe. Sí, Orlando, eh, estando en casa, realmente que esperaron bastante, ¿no? O sea, hasta en el primer tiempo y en el segundo, segundo tiempo también muy compactos. Eh, el partido pasado usted dijo que le faltaba quizás un poquito de paciencia de, de sus jugadores ante esa situación. ¿Vio más paciencia hoy durante el partido de, de, de tu grupo? Sí, sí, ellos también hicieron una, un posicionamiento mucho más bajo y, y creo que el equipo ha tenido eh, la paciencia eh, justa. I think uh, our team have uh, had the patience during the game and Orlando played with a low block. Y siempre lo que nos ha faltado es esa 
que es lo más difícil en este deporte, la, lo, lo, esa precisión justa para poder poner ese pase, pero después me ha gustado. Hey, what, we, what we miss in this game is this, uh, uh, like this last second, this final pass, but for, uh, in general, uh, I like what I saw. Okay, any other questions for coach? Yeah. Joe, go ahead. Uh, would you consider this a successful result today, considering that Orlando was a, a team in the playoffs last year, or just based on the way that you felt that the team played? Si crees que es un buen resultado eh, lo de hoy, considerando todo y, y qué tan bueno jugó Orlando el año pasado. Un buen resultado es ganar. Yeah, a good result is to, is to win. Y después, lo que hay que ver es qué camino tomamos para ganar y creo que hoy fue el camino que queremos. And afterwards, we need to see which path we, we need to take to win. And I think we, we took the, the, the right one. Okay, last chance. Any final questions? All right, that's it. Thanks, okay. guys. That's the familiar voice of Justin Veldhaus, who uh, now, along with assistant coach Pedro Mateo Levias, uh, is acting as kind of a dual translator for Heinze this year. We do expect that they are going to bring at least one player to the podium. If and when they do, we're going to bring that to you as well. We want to give you as many comments as we possibly can after uh, this match. Um, you take away anything significant from that? I mean, it seems like Heinze is generally pleased. Yeah, I mean, I think he's – well, he, he's more pleased with a win. He, he'll, he won't be pleased if it's not a win. Um, he also understands the situation here, and like you said, that they have to make mistakes to get better. They have to play, and as he was making it clear, it's it's a collective thing. You, you can't isolate this player, this player, this line, this line, this aspect, this aspect. It's the collective, and he trains everything as the collective. We've had this conversation through preseason where there was maybe some overreaction to why is this player playing with this player in the same you know time on the field because he treats everything as a collective. It's about raising the overall level. That takes time. Instead of working with 11 players, that's all you're going to work on, and then somebody gets hurt and you don't have anybody to turn to because they haven't been working with the main group. There's not a main group. Everybody's working. He picks the best group for the match, and he makes the moves in the match that he feels like will win the match. And I think the, the number one thing he said is he feels like they took the right path to try to win the match today. They ultimately did not. Needs to be better in the final third, things we've talked about. But they're doing the things he wants them to do. They are building along the road that he wants them to build along. All right. Our man of the match brought to you by Heineken. And judging on some of your comments on Twitter, you seem to be on the same page as Jason and I. Anton Walks led the team in touches with 82. Led the team with five clearances. Led the team with three or, uh, yes, three interceptions. Uh, five gained possessions, six lost. Had two blocks, had two tackles. Uh, as I said, led the team in touches, and this center back pairing with Miles Robinson and Anton Walks has been absolutely phenomenal. You're paying Alan Franco designated player money, and Anton Walks is making a really solid case right now in these first three matches of the season to keep himself in the starting group. Anton Walks has been incredible in this first run of play. You know, between three games, so 270 minutes, he has had. 
13 incomplete passes, mm. period, um, out of roughly, as I do a lot of math in my head, um, about 170 passes in total. That's part of his job. And, again, it's a collective game, so the defenders have to be able to connect their passes. Anton Walks is doing that. But the defensive side of things, it felt consistent today that he was reading the play, jumping into the passing lane, breaking up things, didn't have to get down and make a lot of tackles. He's picking off the play before it even develops into something dangerous. So Anton Walks, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. Statistically, you could not have a more even match than this. Each team with 11 shots. Each team with three shots on target, each team with six shots on target, each team with two blocks, each team with six shots from inside the box, each team from five shot, had five shots from outside the box. Can't be more even than that, right? Corners were 4-3 Atlanta United. Fouls were 12-9 Atlanta United. That's fouls conceded. Possession 60-40 Atlanta United. Orlando had nine key passes to Atlanta's eight. That's an even match. I think there were points, especially in the second half, Jason, where it felt like maybe uh, Orlando had a tiny bit more control. But I do think Heinze nailed the subs. I really do. Yeah. I think Ibarra really came on and yes. created some danger, as did Jurgen Dom. Yeah, Ibarra especially came on when you needed a little more bite in that midfield. When Orlando had brought a third central midfielder in, you needed a little bit more of that grit that Ibarra brings to the table. You, you saw the, the tackle that he put in on Pato where he jumps out of the way. He does end up getting hurt. He had to leave the game. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. But this is a situation where Gabriel Heinz is getting to know his players in these kinds of moments. He has to kind of feel it out. He also has to manage two games in a week for the first time. He didn't have maybe everybody 100% ready to go. But Machop Chol got minutes today. Ibarra, you knew what he could bring to the table and you were able to stay in the game even as you got tired late. So Atlanta United and Orlando City play to a scoreless draw. We're going to have the highlights coming up next on the full-time report. Don't forget to send us your questions and your comments at Mike Conti 929 and at Longshoe, and we'll have more of the full-time report coming up right after this on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back, 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 back to the full-time report. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So Atlanta United and Orlando City playing to a scoreless draw this afternoon at Exploria Stadium. It was a clean sheet, and for every Atlanta United clean sheet, Atlanta United donates $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. So that's $2,000 today. This year's donation total is, wait for it, $2,000. Brad Guzan had uh, six clean sheets last season, and he begins this season with a clean sheet. Had to make three saves. And you're going to hear two of them right now. Orlando City in the second half really came out on the front foot. In fact, they almost scored off the second half kickoff. This was the first of two really decisive moments in the Atlanta penalty area in the second half. Second half is underway. Santi Sosa squaring it to the left to George Bella. Atlanta United did not change at halftime. Here's Walks back passing to Guzan. At the edge of his six, he's approached by Pato, and Guzan gives it away to Mueller. And the left attacking third, Mueller to the edge of the 18. Square now to Perea. Shot! Caught by Guzan. A big scoring opportunity for Orlando just 20 seconds into the second half, but we remain scoreless. Okay, we're going to resume the highlights in a moment. Let's go back to Orlando now. A player is at the podium and is taking questions. Brad Guzan, as a matter of fact. Here's Brad. It's certainly building. The, the, the patience is starting to come along. But at the same time, 
We also need that little bit of quality with the final ball, whether it's a final pass, a final cross, um, the ability to shoot from distance and, and, and force teams to come out of the box and, and defend outside their 18-yard box and close guys down knowing that, hey, if you give us room, we're going to shoot and we're going to score sort of thing. So um, just that, that final ball, that final pass. Um, but with that being said, uh, the patience is certain, certainly – coming along and, and being able to, um, you know, keep possession, if you will, uh, in, in attacking areas. Next question, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you just about that exactly. Uh, are you surprised or kind of impressed, I guess, with the way that the team is able to um, kind of control a match like this, the first game of the season on the road against the team that was in the playoffs last year? No. Um, Listen, last year that wasn't the Atlanta United that we that we know, and you know it, it were a completely different team with completely different ideas. Um, and so, you know, we know the amount of hard work that we've put in during the preseason, during during preseason games, during training sessions, during um, you know Champions League games. Um, you know, so we we understand what we're putting in, and, and when you when you work hard, you you get rewards. And and okay, we didn't we didn't score a goal tonight um you know the positives we kept a clean sheet um we, we kept the ball for for long periods of time against a good team i mean orlando this year is certainly a better team than they were last year um and and so we knew coming in here it was going to be a difficult first game of the season uh the conditions certainly uh played a, a bit of a factor um you know i, I think i wouldn't say rust but the the sharpness for 90 plus minutes certainly wasn't there um, almost to be a little bit expected, but uh, certainly a, a good game to be able to build on. Next question to Doug. You're muted, Doug. I'll let you take your drink. There you go. Okay. Can you please go through that save on that shot by Pato? I think Anton got a piece of it, uh, like around the 72nd minute. Just what kind of happened and developed on that play? Um, I don't know if this is the one you're talking about, but I think he was coming across the he was coming across the middle of the box, um, went to shoot. I think Miles went to ground. He kept dribbling, went to shoot again. Um, Anton went to ground, I think, and then he ultimately shot, and Anton got a little bit of a piece of it. Then it came off my chest, kind of went over my shoulder. I think he went to follow it up. And then somebody, I think whoever George was marking was had his back to our goal and tried to hook it around his shoulder. And by that point, he was four yards wide of the goal. It, it was actually the next one. I think you got your left hand on, you went down, and got your left hand on it. He made a late run into the box, Pato. Oh, I don't know then. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I it was a great save. Back. <laughs> I'll have to see it back then. I, yeah, I, I, I remember what you're talking about. I don't remember. I don't remember how it okay. came about or what happened. Sorry. Well, that's okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll raise my hand again. Yeah, go ahead. We'll go Doug, then Felipe. Okay. Can you just talk about the, the growth of the defense through these first three games, posting three uh, consecutive shutouts? Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we take pride as a back line. We take pride as defenders, goalkeepers. One, not just about not conceding, but, but not giving a lot of opportunities away. Um, 
And, and, and that's something that we, we talk about, you know, before games and, and we take pride in. And, and so, like I said, to be able to, to come away with a clean sheet against a good team, um, you know, that, that's certainly a, a positive for us. Um, you know, but it's, it's not just the back line. Uh, if, if you, you know, I, I'm not going to get into the intricacies of, of, of how we're defending and, and the tactics and whatnot, um, but there's a lot that goes into it. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. And it's not just about just go out there and defend. It's, there's, there's a real understanding of when certain things happen on the field, our back line, our midfielders, our wingers, our fullbacks, um, they have to react and, and they have to react in certain ways. They have to be able to be brave and defend one we one. They have to be brave and um, cover the back of other players. So it's, uh, it's certainly a, a, positive, uh, a positive step for us. Um, with that being said, there's, there's a lot of games ahead of us, so uh, we can't get too crazy. Okay, that's Brad Guzina. If another player comes to the microphone in Orlando, we will go to that. Uh, but those are Brad Guzan's postgame remarks. In fact, he was asked about the hot play of the match brought to you by Scanna. See, that it, it just it's worked so well today. See, what I you love, know, though, is it, it was such a hot play that he didn't even remember it initially because he's how. so locked in. I, I, that's the only way he couldn't remember this. Okay, this is the hot play of the match brought to you by Scanna. This was a phenomenal save in the 72nd minute. Guzan inside the six now. Passes around Pato down the middle. Probably looked more dangerous than it actually was. And now it's given away at center circle to Sebastian Mendez. Mendez coming forward straight down the middle. Ahead to Mueller. Mueller cross. Pato Pally spot. Shot. Save Guzan. Loose on the line. Guzan smothers it. What a save by Brad Guzan. The hot play of the match brought to you by Scana for over 20 years. Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. And it did take a touch off Anton Walks that made it more complicated. But Atlanta United eliminated the opportunity. And I think that's what Brad was getting to. And he's talking about not giving away chances. Yeah, that was a chance they gave away, but they still came out with the end result. I love that when the question comes to, to Brad Gazan, he initially goes to another one that had more players involved. He doesn't go to that one where he makes a great individual play. And I thought his last answer when we had Brad on from, from Orlando really gives you a glimpse into all of the work that this team has put in. It's not about just go out there and play. It's not about just go get fit right now. It's not about just take shots. It's not about just defend and, and stop the guy from running at you. There's a lot to it. It is chess. It is about positioning. It is about recovering for your teammates who might get caught out of position because they were doing something else in another part of the field. It's about the collective. It is about the entire collective, and when they score goals – Brad Gazan in the back line will be involved in that in being part of the collective. When they get a clean sheet, the attack is part of that defensive work as well. Now, this was another sequence where more players were involved, in court, including George Bellow, where Orlando had another really good opportunity right in front of the net. And as we talked about off the air, Orlando's XG might look a little bit scary when this is all said and done. This was a high percentage opportunity that was snuffed out in part by Brad and in part by George Bellow. 
Off the free kick. This is Sebastian Mendez coming forward, sending it up to Pato, right down the center of the park. Into the attacking third is through ball. It's knocked down, but goes right to Pato. In the middle now to Sebastian Mendez. Through to the edge of the 18. Pato with Guzan off his line on the ground, and it's knocked wide of the front post and out for a quarter by George Bellow. What a recovery by Bellow. Now, as it turns out, when we got the replay, George, he did not touch it. It looked like he might have. He did not, but he was there. And, and his presence there forced that shot to go wide. Yeah, it's, it's good recovery. And it's, it's a situation where that play and that, that whole sequence could have ended up a lot of different places. And Bellow keeps his head. Bellow had a tough assignment today. And Bellow's had a couple of these in back-to-back games against maybe the opponent's most dangerous player going into the final third. Does he win every single time? No, he doesn't. He gets spun around one time by Juan when he's, he's bombing into the 18. But Bello kept fighting. And that's the thing about George that we're seeing this year is he's not letting mistakes or not letting strong play from an opponent get to him. It doesn't affect him. He continues to get better game after game. Then Atlanta United's best chance of the whole match, in my opinion, came in the 90th minute, right as the 90th minute began. Franco Ibarra, who came on as a sub and was very, very threatening with this attempt from outside the box that forced a big save by Pedro Galese. Dom settles the ball at the touchline and passes to Lennon. Lennon sends it down the middle. Here comes Joseph Martinez for Atlanta United. Joseph will stop about 30 yards from goal. Cut it into the middle to Abara. Abara with a shot from distance. Big save to Lasse. Out to the penalty spot to Machopchul. Volleyed up in the air by Antonio Carlos. Rolls out to the near touchline and play continues. Well, that was a beautiful diving save by Pedro Galese, but that was a rocket from outside the box by Ibarra. Yeah, that shot from Ibarra had a little extra sauce on it, and Galese wasn't going to be able to gather it in, so he had to kind of awkwardly at the last minute get maybe forearms to it and fists to it to kind of bat it down into the ground and try to get it as far away from him as possible and not spill a rebound. Good look from Ibarra. Nothing further from there, and the match ended in a scoreless draw. Again, both teams 0-0-1, both teams with one point, both teams currently second in the Eastern Conference. Your questions and your comments on social media coming up right after this. Last chance to tweet us, at MikeConti929 and at Longshoe, and we'll get to all of that right after this on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with more full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. City playing to a scoreless draw this afternoon down at Exploria Stadium earlier today in Fort Lauderdale. Montreal, a big surprise, beat Toronto 4-2. Austin and LAFC have just started at the Bank of California Stadium. They're scoreless in the third minute, but already uh, LAFC has had a good scoring chance there. Everything is better when Atlanta United wins. To date, a total of $0 has been donated to Piedmont Healthcare. It is the first match. MLS match as a not-for-profit I'm sure it will end up being more than zero dollars but as a not-for-profit hospital system Piedmont Healthcare relies on the generosity of donors to expand healthcare services in our community Atlanta United proud to be a Piedmont donor Uh, every win this year will generate a donation of one thousand dollars to Piedmont Healthcare okay let's get to your questions and comments on Twitter and thank you all very much for your participation in fact we have a texted in question yes you want to go to that first sure okay sure Uh, Dave from LA had a question Uh, it seems Gabriel Heinz's teaching is taking effect with Bellow and walks can you see a difference kind of cleaning up mistakes Mm. 
Um, I, I think we're seeing it with the way the team defends as a whole. Uh, Bello is somebody that Heinze has spoken about, and Bello's spoken about it. Like, he's learning a lot. Um, I, I take a little bit of what Mikey Ambrose told us on stoppage time about the differences in the role that he had under Tata Martino to under uh, Gabriel Heinze. And imagine if you're not a player with as much experience as Mikey Ambrose and you're George Bello, who is so good at getting forward. Now it's not just get up and down the line. It's you have to be in the proper position to defend as part of the collective. So there's a lot of teaching going on. I think what we've seen from Bello has been his grit kind of emerge a little bit more as he gets tired. He's not making the mistakes that he did last year. Walks, it feels like a completely different player. And Walks was always solid. He's feeling like a, a starting center back in this league. I didn't know what his position was at coming in last year because we had seen him at right back. He'd played on the left side. He had played as a, a center back in a line of three. He'd played a little bit of everything. He's kind of a utility guy. He's a center back right now, and there's a lot of teams in this league that would love to have a center back like Anton Wall. You know, it is interesting how I think there was a lot of concern about Atlanta United's depth at center back, even as recently as, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. Uh, and, and now look at what's happened. Uh, you went from having to bring in Alex DeJohn as cover mm-hmm. to now having Alan Franco as a designated player, Walks, who's looking very good, Robinson, who looks elite as always. Uh, you're at the point now where you're able to take Efren Morales down to the twos. Right. You did sign Josh Bauer. Uh, you did do that this week. But um, it, it's a totally different story now. It's something where you were really fearful, and now – you almost wonder, and when you add Sosa into this mix as well, you almost wonder how you're going to be able to get everyone some playing time. Well, I'll tell you what it does that I think will help this team as they go a little bit further along. It'll give you the opportunity because of the trust in walks and when you get Alan Franco up to speed to not have to drop Sosa out of the midfield when you do go three in the back against teams with two forwards. You can play walks, Franco, and Robinson and be just fine and then have Sosa in that midfield pairing which will help the team going forward. That'll free things up. Our buddy Edmund Gibson at Cutback Passes. Love the positioning, intensity, and ideas today. Just need that final sharpness that game time will bring. He says Sosa with another monster performance, man of the match for him, but all the back line was solid, and Barquito was really good as well. Yeah, I thought Ezekiel Barco was good today. You, you need to continue to grow, and that's the number one thing. Let's go to Brooks Lennon down in Orlando. He's made it to the podium. Brooks was also really good today, I must yeah, say. Yeah, he was. Well, Joe, then Felipe? Justin was as yeah, well. Yeah, hey, Brooks. I just <laughs> can just want to get a general impression um, of the game and, and your analysis of the way that the team played today. I thought it was a hard-fought game uh, from from both both teams. Um, both teams had, had chances to score, um, but I'm really proud of the boys. I thought we fought. Um, you know, from minute one to, to the end and uh, gave everything we had to, to come home uh, to Atlanta with a point. So, um, you know, I'm really happy with the performance that we put in and we need to continue this work rate. Go ahead, Felipe. Thanks. Hey, Brooks. Uh, well played. I think you're right. I think the game was really even uh, considering the heat. It was, it looked like a tough match to be in, but uh, you walk away with the point. I think the difference is from last year, perhaps if this team, if this team last year goes into Orlando and earns a draw, it's like a massive result. This year, Haynes had just told Gabrielle just told us that 
a win is a good result. How, how is the mentality changing um, between the guys when, in, in these big matchups? Like, yes, it's a good point, but you guys want to win these, these, these games every time. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, you know, a point is a point, but we want to win these games, especially against Orlando, who's our rival. So, um, you know, even, even guys in the locker room coming in after, after the game, were disappointed that we didn't get three points and we did have chances to, to get those three points. So, um, you know, guys are, guys are fired up to, to get points this year and, uh, you know, get back to winning ways. So, you know, draws are, are not enough for Atlanta United. Um, but, uh, that being said, with the weather and, and everything that, um, you know, happened today, we're, we're uh, you know, happy with the point. We're going to go back to Atlanta and uh, we're excited for the home opener next Saturday. Next question to Doug. We love Doug, ahead, Doug. but sometimes he struggles with the mute button. And appears to still be struggling, which is not great Doug, for live radio. You. We'll go to Joe first and then back to Doug. Here's 92.9. The game's Joe Patrick. Yeah, hey, who knows Brooks, how on a personal mute. level, just how confident do you feel right now? Because you've had, you know, in three matches, you've had three really, really good performances. Um, and it seems like you're just kind of making that position your own there on the right. Yeah, I feel very confident. Um, you know, Gabrielle has given me enough information, um, you know, as well as uh, motivation uh, to, to earn, the, you know, have me earn that spot. You know, it's going to be, um, you know, me putting in these types of performances. I think these, these first three games, I'm, I'm very happy with how I've played um, defensively. And obviously, you know, I've, I think I've created a lot of chances for us to score from, you know, set pieces as well as, uh, you know, chances in, in normal play. So I'm happy with how I'm playing, but, you know, this is the first of many games this season. So I uh, just got to keep my head down, keep working hard, and hopefully I can, you know, rack up some some goals and assists for the team and help the team win. Opta, by the way, scored Brooks with four good crosses today out of eight open play crosses and ten crosses. In fact, in the open play crosses, he was three for eight, and in the game he was four for ten. That's Anything more than one good open play cross is a good day. Mm-hmm. So Brooks Lennon, we thank him for those comments. I believe that's the last player who will speak at the podium today. Miller Pope tells me, yes, that is the case. So returning to your questions and comments on Twitter, Jensen Brock thought it was great to see Chole get some minutes. Barco continues to play well. He says, I don't know if I'm just used to watching leads, but it looks like Guzan is afraid to play out of pressure with his feet. Almost all of his passes were pinged to the fullbacks. He just hasn't done it as much in his career. Um, it's it's tough when you are a goalkeeper like Brad Kazan and you've had one of the best careers for an American goalkeeper that you're going to find in history, but you've been asked to do things a very specific way. Even that ball that, that's pinged to the fullbacks, that's what Tata Martino wanted. That's what Frank DeBoer wanted. Now you're looking for something a little bit different. You're, you're looking for your goalkeeper to play more like a field player in those moments. And that's going to take a little bit of time for Kazan to get comfortable doing. I, I think we saw it a few times today. But, yeah, his natural inclination has been honed over decades and decades of experience. So you've got to give him some time to turn into that sort of goalkeeper. I don't think he's ever going to be Emmanuel Neuer, sweeper-keeper style, but can he be more comfortable in the possession game? Yes, with time. Also, to keep in mind, uh, Heinze and, and Bielsa 
have a lot of different philosophies, and I understand where the Leeds comparison might come into play, but I, I'm not exactly sure that Heinze is trying to play 100% the same way that Bielsa is. In in that specific instance, there's a lot of similarity, but you're also talking about two very different goalkeepers that are between Leeds and, and Atlanta. So you can want to play the same way, but it changes because of the individuals who are playing it. John Roper, the counterpress looked like it's improving and becoming more consistent. Yeah, it's something that I hope to see continue to get better, and I hope it's something that is used as a weapon at times, especially while the attack is still kind of trying to come together. You know, I mentioned it, I think, in the second half on on a pass that was a little bit of a hopeful ball down into the corner trying to hit either Barco or, or Bello on the run, and he didn't get to it, but it created a counter-pressing opportunity that nearly gave Atlanta an opportunity. If you're not able to develop big chances during the run of play, develop them through your counter-press. Don't turn into what we've seen from the New York Red Bulls over the years where it is a, a fear of the ball, like we don't want the ball. No, no, Atlanta's going to always want possession, but you want to take that possession and use it some different ways. One thing you can do is be riskier in the attack and take more chances. Scott Moore, I get we need time to develop and gain confidence in this system. I hope we see quicker build-up and play as we play out of the back. He says at times we seem to not take spaces forward that are given and just play it back. You're playing it back to continue the positioning. And I I think this is something that I don't know where it comes from, to be perfectly honest. I've heard it on on English matches. Um, I heard it, I think, about Leeds, if I remember specifically. Um, about a a sideways pass is a negative pass. And no, it's absolutely not. A back pass is not negative just because it was passed backwards. A lot of times, and and look at teams that use the ball to, to great effect, Manchester City passes backwards quite a bit. Barcelona in their heyday has passed backwards quite a bit. Um, you look at some of the goals that Lionel Messi has scored in his career, it's because it started from a back pass to create space going in another direction. You do want it to be faster, absolutely. That part is something that comes with time. That comes with trust. But the idea of passing backwards as a bad thing, that's got to be eliminated because the best teams in the world use that kind of pass to create more opportunities. We, we have to eliminate that idea. Also interesting, Atlanta United passed at 88% on the game today, exact same as Tuesday mm-hmm. in Kennesaw against Alalense. Got a lot of comments about Moreno. I'll kind of boil it down to what Matt Wagner says. Uh, he believes Moreno looks frustrated. He personally thought he had good and bad moments. What are our thoughts on Moreno's play today? Well, I'll give you a couple things. Um, on the... Uh, one of the websites that I use a lot for statistics, SofaScore.com, they have a rating system that is actually pretty harsh. It's usually a couple notches below like who scored and a couple other ones out there. Moreno, out of the starters uh, in the attack, was the best rated of the starters. He was two of five on his dribbling attempts. You usually expect him to be over 50%. Uh, he struggled a little bit there. Uh, I thought Juan did a good job defending him. But what Moreno did was the counter effect of this. Juan had to defend him. So Juan wasn't able to join the attack. Moreno gets frustrated because he expects to win every dribble. And he didn't win three of them today. So that's going to happen. He gets frustrated because he holds himself to a high level. I don't think that's a bad thing by any stretch. Uh, Marcelino Moreno was good. 
Uh, I didn't have a massive problem with anything in his game today. Was he 100% sharp? No, he wasn't. He can be better, but he wasn't bad. Uh, One more from DJ. He wants to know, what were our thoughts on Sosa, and could he be the Nagby replacement? Oh, no. That is something I'm going to defend DJ here a little bit. Uh, He's not the only one. A lot of people have have used the phrase Nagby replacement. Including uh, certain radio hosts in Atlanta. And I I know it is maybe slightly confusing because they played the same position, but they're really different players. And what the holding midfielder does in the Heinze system is 1,000% different than in the uh, say 2018-2019 Atlanta United realm. Yeah, I'm not even going to be that generous on it that they play the same position because they don't. In the way that this team is playing, and we'll compare Darlington Nagby in Atlanta versus Santiago Sosa in Atlanta. Darlington Nagby never played the defensive midfield position by himself like Santiago Sosa does. He never had to drop into the back line like Sosa did in Costa Rica a couple weeks ago. That's not his game. Nagby is an eight. He is a box-to-box midfielder. Now, can he play from a deeper position? Yes, and that's what he did here in Atlanta in a midfield pairing, not by himself. He was usually paired with, you know, depending on the situation, he was paired with Jeff Lorenowitz at times. He was paired with Eric Rometty at times, sometimes part of a trio like we saw in the postseason in 2018 when Julian Gressel came inside. He was in a box-to-box role, but he was not solely tasked with playing between the center backs and having to do the defensive side of what Santiago Sosa does. It's not about a hashtag replacement. I think that idea needs to go away because Tata Martino's game is different than Frank DeBoer's game, which is different than Gabriel Heinze's game, so the replacements don't really fall into it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work that way. It's not how the game is played. Everybody who comes in with a new skill set brings new things to the table. It's like when you have, when you're making a, a stew and you have a number of different ingredients that go in the stew. We could both call the stew the same thing. We could use five different ingredients in our stews and they're going to taste incredibly different. If we use one different ingredient, it can be very different. It's not about yay one, bad on the other. It's they're different players. Nagby could not do what Santiago Sosa does in this team. He could not do it. This team would function much more poorly if Darlington Nagby was in that spot instead of Santiago Sosa. And I will say something I've said in preseason, and this is not a knock on Darlington Nagby because they're different players and they do different things. Santiago Sosa can have more of an impact on this team and on this club than Darlington Nagby had because his role is so much more critical and it is so much more on him. He doesn't have a partner to pick up some of the slack defensively. It's on him. And he can turn you into a three-center-back setup if you want to. And you saw his passing today. Darlington Nagby doesn't hit the long passes like Santiago Sosa does to open the field up. They're different players. And they played in different systems. They're both great. And in this system right now, Santiago Sosa is by far a better fit for that role because Darlington Nagby's never played that role in his career. I think one stat that is very, very important as we come out of the full-time report today. Atlanta United has played 270 minutes without conceding. And I've just asked Johannes to double-check this, but unofficially I'm going to say, I'm going to declare, 
that that is Atlanta United's longest shutout streak since they had that run in April and May of 2019. Remember when they had those five straight wins by clean sheet? And again, that's across all competitions. Uh, But I believe that is the longest such shutout streak for Atlanta United since they beat. Well, do you want to go back a little further? Because we haven't yet, but go ahead. um, The CONCACAF Champions League match, which was the last game played before the Alouette That was series. a clean sheet, too. Yeah, That was a clean yeah, sheet. Tr- yeah, that's true. So that's four in a row. Yeah, well, that's it, because Columbus certainly was not. Right. But, um, yeah, okay, four in a row. So, 360 minutes. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. Not bad at all. And uh, I also want to mention that, from a managerial standpoint, part of that clean sheet streak was Stephen Glass. And Glassy today managed uh, Aberdeen for the first time in a Scottish Cup match, and they won in penalties. Yeah, it was a crazy one. Uh, goalkeeper, who's their captain, was injured. Second-string goalkeeper who hadn't appeared for Aberdeen yet at all. He's on loan, comes in, doesn't even touch the ball before it finds the back of the net. You had to battle back, and, and that's something we saw from Stephen Glass's teams late last season as they fought, and they fought for him. You're already getting that at Aberdeen. They fought for him. They came back multiple times to equalize, and they won on penalties. Congratulations to, to Stephen and our friends over at Aberdeen for advancing in the Scottish Cup. They beat Liverpool. Livingston. No, isn't LIV Liverpool on no. the score? No, 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 no. I'm going to get you up on the Scottish no, I'm joking. games for sure. You know I'm joking. I, yeah. For one, I, if Liverpool was competing in the <laughs> Scottish Cup, I think uh, that might make a – I was trying to make a joke, and it was a bad one. But the scorebug said LIV. So anytime I see LIV, I'm, oh, wow, Liverpool's playing. We'll have some iron <laughs> brews later. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Okay. Uh, how about this, by the way? Carlos Vela injured and being subbed off in Los Angeles after just 21 minutes. He looks angry, too. What's going on? Uh, I don't – maybe he feels he's less injured than Bob Bradley thought he was or there was a miscommunication with oh, the, boy. the trainer. But uh, there's still no score there. Trauma. Uh, between LAFC and Austin. Okay, one final break, and then when we come back, a quick thought on next Saturday, the home opener against Chicago Fires. Atlanta United and Orlando City play to a scoreless draw this afternoon on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. That should be it. That is it. Full time. This is the Full Time Report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta United, Orlando City played a scoreless draw this afternoon at Exploria Stadium. And now I I think maybe the biggest thing of all for Atlanta United, a full week off. Yes. And I I get the impression, listening to Brad Guzan, listening to Brooks Lennon especially, it sounds like the heat was a major factor this afternoon in Orlando. It's been a very intense training camp as we've uh, talked about. And now... You'll probably have a regen day tomorrow or maybe Monday. Probably, a, maybe. I, I don't know how Heinz is going to run this, but maybe a day off and at the very least a chance to regen going into Saturday night's home opener against Chicago Fire and Robert Barrich and a team that last year beat you 2-0 up at Soldier Field. Uh, I know a lot of people think that Chicago will be towards the bottom of the table in the Eastern Conference, but this is going to be a really tough test for an Atlanta United team that's still trying to put it all together in the final third. Yeah, I'm not so much on the bottom of the table for Chicago. Uh, The Eastern Conference is so competitive. I don't know where they actually fall. I think they'll be better than they were last year. They've got a lot of good pieces to work with in Madron and Jimenez in the middle of the park. Uh, Ignacio Aliceda is out this weekend, the talented winger who was really starting to come into his own. Barrich up top is dangerous. Pineda at center back got time with the USU 23s in Olympic qualifying. I do have questions about him at goalkeeper. 
highly recommend tonight if you have ESPN Plus to watch Chicago and New England because those are the next two MLS opponents that Atlanta United will be playing. I think we'll have a better sense of both after tonight. No doubt about it. We'll be on the air next Saturday, 7.30 for the Five Stripes Countdown. 8 o'clock will be the kickoff for Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And we'll have all the action for you on 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com, and the Atlanta United app. It's great to be with you guys again today. It feels like it's been forever, 160 days, but it felt a, a lot longer than that. But uh, great to be back. In the, and look, the matches are going to come quickly now as the season gets started and ramped up. So for our producer, Dylan Matthews, our engineer, Miller Pope, and for Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Once again, Atlanta United and Orlando City play to a scoreless draw, and we'll see you next Saturday on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You've been listening to MLS action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.